Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Hannah Hermanson. Hannah is the founder of Dream Life is Real Life, which educates and inspires by showing people what's possible for their lives. We no longer need to wait for the lottery or retirement to live the dream. Our dream life is now our real life. A former academic advisor and yoga teacher, Hannah marries her passion for helping others achieve their goals in coaching practice. Hannah quickly realized that in order to dream big, you need to take care of the most basic need, income. Hannah loves supporting other clients and to help them create simple business plans that can quickly replace salary or income while also doing purposeful work and earning great money. The Dream Life coaching programs have supported thousands of service-based entrepreneurs, teachers, mentors in creating actionable, simple business models that deliver financial results and personal fulfillment, and the company is committed to helping others achieve their dreams through hiring remote staff and building legacy of philanthropy. She's a digital nomad, a Forbes Coaches Council member, the host of the Dream Life is Real Life Facebook group and podcast, and she trains middle school students and teachers in her Dream Life Academy. I'm so excited to have Hannah on the podcast today to talk all about growing and monetizing a Facebook group. So let's dive right in. Hey, Hannah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat more about monetizing a Facebook group with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and just your business and how you got started doing it all. Uh, Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin doing all of the right things, right? As a, you know, kid born in the 90s, I did well in school. I followed the charted out path that I saw a lot of people doing around me. I went to college. I studied psychology. And as you can tell by the tone of my voice, it was not very fulfilling. (laughs) Um, but I did get a desk job right out of college, but I was excited about it, not only because I was going to be saving for retirement and I could decorate my cubicle, but also because I was actually working with college students as an advisor. And I was really inspired to help young people think about big goals for their life and make a four-year plan to get into their, their goals or their dream life. What I quickly realized, though, is that a lot of students were coming from a similar place that I was and were unfulfilled, uninspired, looking down a road, working for 30 years, for what? Um, And I distinctly remember handing students this list of majors that they could pick from. And one one student in particular, his name is Josh, kind of pushed back upon me giving him his options and wanting to set goals and here's your handout. And he set the handout aside and he looked at me and he said, Hannah, if you could be doing anything, what would you be doing? (laughs) And I was a little taken aback, but I did have a quicker response than I realized. And I said, well, I would be helping people find their best life. You know, I want to research best practices and 
And so that question, like Hannah, what would you be doing if you could be doing anything really startled me, but I was also startled that I had a pretty quick response. And that was, I would be helping people realize their best life or their dream life. And after that conversation, I became increasingly more uncomfortable working in the way that I was. And so I started to explore escape plans <laughs> or alternate paths. And I started a network marketing business, which gave me a good taste of entrepreneurship and really changed my money mindset, which I know is something that you talk a lot about, Jenny, and folks have mentioned that on the show before. And then I also did the uh, quintessential white girl millennial thing <laughs> and became a yoga teacher, <laughs> which also really supported my flexibility and mindset. You know, of course, yoga is great for physical exercise, but also it really shifted a lot of other thoughts I was thinking and supported that new money mindset. And it also um, connected me to a startup in Madison, Wisconsin, that was helping bring yoga and mindfulness into classrooms with like school teachers. And as that startup flourished, I was still balancing network marketing, working full time and helping the startup get off the ground. And it, the startup got to a point where they could offer me a salary, like a full time job. Mm -hmm. So of course, this, this is dream life. Once again, I'm excited about this opportunity. Yet, um, as startup culture goes, after about four weeks of uh, committing to the startup, leaving my desk job, moving out of my apartment to San Francisco to help them, they, they couldn't afford me. Oh, no. Here I was <laughs> in San Francisco with a backpack full of dreams and hopes and aspirations um, and really had the carpet pulled out from underneath me. But yeah. I, I gave myself um, a little bit of time and I said, you know, I, I can't go back to that discomfort of working in a desk job or just going back to academia. Mm -hmm. But it was also really lonely <laughs> to be jobless in a new city. And I, I opened a Facebook account. I actually hadn't had Facebook through college or any of that. But, you know, I, here I was and I was like, all right, all my friends in Wisconsin are on Facebook. Let, let me get an account. And then I, I realized that there are groups on Facebook. Jenny, literally, this, this is the evolution of me being on this podcast, talking to you about Facebook groups. It was like, I was lonely and bored and opened an account. I wish I had this like grandiose monetization strategy. Um, but hindsight is 2020, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I opened this Facebook group and I connected with a lot of yogis and digital marketers and like just started realizing once again, like, wow, I am so not alone. And there are tons of people trying to figure out how do I monetize my passions? How do I step into the life that I'm waiting for retirement to start? And over, you know, about a year and a half, the group evolved very quickly. And I also, um, you know, just committed to helping people run freedom-based businesses. And my Facebook group was my first source of clients. So I'm super excited to talk to you more about the nitty gritty, but that's how I came from a small town, Wisconsinite, not even on Facebook to, uh, you know, the founder of an organization and talking to you about 
digital marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah, no, you've had quite the journey. And I mean, it just seems like, you know, you had, you went from, you know, working out of college to a startup to just all the things. And it's such a cool journey that you've gone through and, you know, getting to this point is so, it's kind of random, but it's definitely, um, you know, where you're meant to be. I can just tell how passionate you are about, you know, your entrepreneurship and that kind of thing versus, you know, the humdrum life in the corporate world and that mm. kind of thing. So I completely like feel you on that because I was mm. the exact same way. And with Facebook, that's so funny that you say you weren't even on it because, um, I know a lot of people like that and it's funny because in, in high school, um, you know, Facebook wasn't a thing, but when I got to college, the only reason I used Facebook is because my sorority had like a Facebook group that we got all of our information from. And that was like mm -hmm. the only reason I was on Facebook. So now having Facebook groups be an integral part of my every single day, is just so funny because that's just not how it was from college, even into like a year or two into, um, post-grad. So it's very interesting, um, kind of that evolution just with myself and just people in general in the entrepreneurship community because you know what would we do if Facebook groups didn't come about <laughs> right yeah and I mean it is always evolving and I definitely see lots of things on the horizon but it's a great tool that um, we can tap into for yeah like sorority announcements community building and now also like scaling a business so. yeah yeah and like when they first started Facebook groups as a feature I, I highly doubt they had that in mind of like oh connecting with other people across the globe and talking about your business and things like that so it's really cool to see how things have come from just like connecting with members that you know in person to having a bunch of people so like I was saying, Facebook groups just evolved completely and, you know, it's just crazy how you can connect with people across the globe and, you know, have them as your clients or even as your friends. So it's really, really crazy. So kind of diving into that, how long have you had your Facebook group? I started my Facebook group in the spring of 2017, so over a year, almost a year and a half now. And like I said, it started out as like, hey, friends, remember me? Let's post inspirational quotes. Um, and now it really is uh, more of a strategic and loaded with content for potential clients and current clients for me. Yeah, I, I started mine around the same time last year and it didn't really have a direction. I was like, I just feel like I needed to do this. And then eventually mm -hmm. the time I kind of got a strategy and figured out what I was doing. And, you know, since then it's definitely grown as well. So it's been cool to see the evolution inside my own Facebook group, not just Facebook groups in general. Um, I love that. There's so many ways to run them, start them, manage them. So it'll be great to, yeah, kind of compare notes today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I love seeing what other people are doing. And that's kind of how I like started mine because I went and saw like, okay, I really like what this group is doing here. And then I like what this group is doing here. So I kind of like mishmashed it together to make it my own little combination of like a couple different groups. So mm -hmm. I think that's been really fun to do. Um, so of course, you know, being in other people's Facebook groups is really beneficial because you're able to meet a ton of different people that you may have not necessarily met. But what do you think some of the benefits of having your own Facebook group are? Yeah, this has been something that's really come up in the last few months, um, especially in working with clients who don't have a Facebook group themselves, but like you said, are in others' groups. And 
there's this um, resounding call for less noise. Maybe you've experienced this where it's like, okay, it seems like everyone is just like self-promoting or sometimes yelling over each other. And so one way to rise above that noise and not be caught in the like, here's my vulnerable post with a picture of me on the beach is to step into that leadership role. And I got to say that that is true for lots of strategies. So, you know, taking yourself from the participant, from the member into the leadership role um, allows you to, you know, build more confidence, but also like you just said, like chart a, a path or a mission that is true to you and isn't just like getting lost in the noise. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, you know, it's one of those things that you have to, um, you know, just figure out your own path and, you know, you don't want to make your group the same as someone else's and things like that. So it really helps um, kind of just clarifying and getting that all together. Um, but I think with Facebook groups, it's really important to kind of figure out whether you you know, what you want to do with it overall, but just like in terms of sales, obviously you don't want to be pushing your products and services 24 seven. So you need to kind of figure out a good balance for that. And I kind of noticed a lot of Facebook groups took away the promotion aspect on the wall because a lot of people were abusing it. How do you mm -hmm. kind of feel about that? Like, do you allow promotions in your group as long as they're like valuable or how does that work? Yeah. So in my group, well, my mission in general, and then specifically in my Facebook group, is to help people monetize their passion projects and live a freedom-based life doing what they love. So, of course, I allow people who are sharing their passions in a service-centric way to share or promote in my Facebook group. Um, of course, I see way more engagement, way more buy-in when those group members have been active in supporting other people. Of course. So, of course, um, you know, yes, to answer your question, yes, promote and share, but do it in a service-based way as if, you know, and that's how I promote all <laughs> business to work, not just Facebook posts. Yeah, I think that's really important because a lot of people, like I allow promotions in my group as well, but a lot of people, like, they either take advantage of it or they just post a really dumb note. <laughs> really like, Hey, I'm, you know, I have five spots open or something. And it's, there's nothing leading up to that to let them know, like let the audience know that they're like an expert in that um, field or whatever. There's like, I have five spots left in X, Y, Z, please like, you know, sign with me or whatever, you know, it's not valuable. And people are like, okay, who are you? Like, why do you have five spots left? Like, does that mean you're not good at what you do? Like <laughs> one of those things. And like, they don't actually participate other than that. Like, the thing with Facebook now is they have that little thing that tells you like new members. I'm like, oh, you're a brand new member and you're just like literally not even doing anything other than promoting yourself. Like that's not cool. And I don't kick people out per se for doing that, but I'll just like delete the post. And then if you know, they notice that I delete the post, I will say, yeah, like you need to provide a little more value than that. It's going to be more beneficial to the group as a whole and you in general. Cause I like how many clients are you actually booking from, that post, probably not many because they don't see your value because you're not showing them that. So, you know, for me, I, the structure that I prefer and I think works better for the person promoting anyway, is just, you know, sharing like, here's how I gained 
nine clients in a week, you know, or something like that. And then actually breaking down some actual strategies and tips and then saying like, if you want to know more, like message me or comment with an emoji or something like that. I don't mind those, but the ones that are just like straight up promo-y, no action, like, no, not a fan. Agreed. Agreed. And I'll add to that. And something I do as a practice is, um, when I, cause even if someone has an amazing post, like you just described, like introduce yourself, position yourself, share some value, and then let us know what you're doing or what your call to action is. Um, don't post that same thing in five different groups because we see you. And I don't think, I know people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. I have literally sent screenshots to friends or, you know, connections on Facebook and said, Hey dear, I saw your post in my Facebook and it also popped up five times in my newsfeed. Cause it will literally say like Jenny posted this in five groups and yeah. people are just blown away. Um, and so I think exactly what you said, Jenny, and then also like tailoring it and understanding what Facebook group you're in as a member, as a participant, if you want to promote yourself, um, make it unique, make it true to that group and don't just copy and paste or just change the photo. We, we see you. <laughs> yeah. And the easy way to do that is to write like five to 10 different value posts and spread it out. That's what I do. I mean, I will post in multiple groups on one day sometimes, but it's not the exact same message. It's definitely different messages that I've crafted. And then, you know, I'll post one here, one there, and then one in another group and they'll all be different, but they're all from me and they're all kind of talking about similar things. It's just not a canned copy and paste message from 10 groups, you know? So mm-hmm. just it's so easy to just write a couple more posts instead of just recycling the same one in five different groups on the same day, because people are going to notice and they're gonna be like, mm, you know, are, do they really want to help me or are they just looking for a quick book? So mm-hmm. it's just what yeah. you need to keep in mind because yeah, like you said, you see it on the newsfeed. It does not look good. <laughs> and, you know, just because you changed the name to whatever, the name of the group is like, Hey, savvies, that would be mine. But you know, if you just did that, that's not enough to not have it show up on someone's feed. So, you know, just tailor your message to the group and it will benefit you and the entire group more in the long run anyway. So, Definitely. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so how were you able to monetize your group and you know, how long did it typically take for you to start seeing some traction from what you're doing in your group? Yeah. Okay. So I have a few just like nuts and bolts things I want to share with folks that helped my Facebook group, Facebook group grow very rapidly because, um, from spring to summer of last year, I did hit the 1000 person mark, which is kind of that big first hurdle. And to do that within a few months took some strategic, like I said, nuts and bolts, um, Choices. And the very first thing is when you're naming your Facebook group, you want to highlight keywords. So I did not name my group like Hannah Hermanson's BFFs um, (laughs) because no one's around looking for Hannah Hermanson's BFFs. Um, I did want to attract people who were looking to make their dream life their real life. So my Facebook group started out as dream life is real life. And yes, I got people who, you know, some like really out there dreamers, like, um, (laughs) yeah, you know, more of the like metaphysics kind of folks. And then also, (laughs) yes, I love them. I'm a yoga teacher, like bring it on. Um, (laughs) 
And then I also realized, okay, that's not exactly who I'm talking to though. So I added a colon and several keywords to the name of my Facebook group. So that now when people search millennial entrepreneurs or online coaches or bloggers, people that I'm really working with um, as clients, my group shows up. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's really important. I think keywords are really great. And that's something I struggled with at first. Like my group was called the savvy social community at first. And like, no one was searching that. Mm -hmm. Not, um, you know, something people typically search. So I added in social media. So I just added the word media. And that just helped so much because, you know, if people are searching for social media groups or things like that then I'm more likely to pop up than I was before. And I've noticed like a pretty big increase just from making that one little word switch in my title. So awesome. Yeah, it's so true. So the other thing that started happening as I leaned more into the entrepreneurial world was that I was getting friend requests from people I had never met. And I think we do that. Like you see people in other groups or you see that you have common interests and we just start finding people. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted a way to kind of capture those new connections. So the next thing that I encourage everyone to do is to update your personal profile to drive all of your friends into your group. So yeah. the first way to do that is to change your cover photo to have a really clear, like, this is what might like, this is what I'm talking about and where I want you to go. So um, having a clear, join my Facebook group for this kind of, um, for me, it's like join the group of real people going into living the dream and then say link in caption or link in bio. Yeah. So the first thing that people see when they friend you is that clear call to action and then they can go join your group. Exactly. Yeah. No, I need to do the whole cover photo thing I do have the like the link to it in my bio and say like join a community of you know savvy female entrepreneurs and then like have a link but that's like I do need to update my photo because I think that draws people attention more than just a link in the bio of your Facebook so that's a really yeah. and if you can have continuity between your Facebook group cover photo and your personal cover photo, people will start to kind of um, connect you and see you as that group leader. Yeah. Um, and then like you just said, Jenny, changing your bio so that those links and that description is helping people understand that you have a group that you want them to join. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really helps because I mean, a lot of people are like, I found you like on Facebook, I added you and then I saw your link. So I joined or, you know, like that's where a lot of people come from or just directly on Facebook since now it's, it's liking my keywords and is recommending me more because before it was yeah. like people from my email list um, that were joining because that's, you know, they, I wasn't as searchable as I am now. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's a really, really great tip and something we can, we can whip up a graphic in like 10 minutes and, you know, that will just help complete that like whole thing so you can kind of see that okay she has a group let me go join and you know not necessarily it won't make your because a lot of people are nervous about making their personal profile like too businessy but that's like one thing that you can do that like it's yeah it kind of looks businessy but at the same time it'll help you in the long run so it's like one of those things that I you have to kind of get over because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I don't want my personal profile to become business. And I feel the same way. Like, I don't post any promos on my personal profile. I know a lot of people do. 
Um, but I know schedulers actually aren't allowing that anymore as of like mm. May or something. Like, so you're not able to schedule like stuff onto your pers personal profile anymore because you know people are using that to completely yeah. on their friends list, which I, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I know some people who do it really well, but there are some people who I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear about your MLM 20 times a day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So definitely, you know, keep being a real person on Facebook and like, you know, not just self-promoting all the time, but do let people know how they can connect with your mission and your community by changing your cover photo and your bio. Yeah, no, that's a good tip. Okay, so now we've got people finding our group. Our keywords are rocking and rolling. Our profile is sending them there. Oh, also I would say if you have a business page, also changing the business cover photo to send people to your group. Yeah. Um, because in the group is really where we can monetize and you know give people value and capture them. So the next thing to do in setting up your group and driving traffic there is to always ask questions. So if you go into manage group settings, you kind of have to sift through it. It's like towards the bottom of this manage group settings thing that you can ask questions. And I recommend three general questions. Uh, the first one being like, how did you find this group? Yeah. I always want to be tracking ourselves. And so knowing, are they your friend? Are they from your email list, Instagram, whatever. Then number two, for the way I ask it, since I'm helping people make their dream life is, you know, what dreams or goals are you currently working on? And that gives me a good sense, like, of just who they are. And then the last piece is a way to capture their email. So right now, my third question is like, hey, do you want um, free video training about the daily habits that equal 10K days? Some, I don't remember, whatever. It's a training I have about earning $10,000 a day. Do you okay. want it? Yes, drop your email. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really important to capture emails. I actually just recently implemented that. I don't know why I didn't before. I guess I was just kind of like nervous because I, I didn't think people would leave it. But honestly, more people leave it than not. I mean, not that it's required. Like, if you don't leave it, I'm not mad about it. I'm not going to not accept you because of that. But it, and it says, like, I even say, like, you can opt out at any time. Like, I'll send you emails about social media blogging and business tips. And you can opt out at any time just so, like, that whole GDPR um, thing, can spam type thing is still in place, even without like a lead capture form. But um, mm -hmm. I think that's, it's been a really great way for me to grow my list. And then some of the people were already on my list because they came from there. But, you know, I, I added like, this week, I've probably had 20 people join, like just requesting and half of those or more have left their email. So I've gotten like a lot of new names to my list, which man, I should have done this months ago. I don't know what I'm thinking, but yeah, I think that's a really great way. I was actually going to ask you because I didn't have this on my list and I was like, man, I need to ask her about questions. I'll add that in, but look, you did it yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and here's another thing because I also did not, again, I started this group without any like uh, strategy or <laughs> business mindset with it. And so I had like six or 700 people in my group before I implemented the questions. Mm -hmm. And this might sound crazy, but here's another monetization hack that helped me get like my second wave of clients. Um, and I sent personal messages to every single person, every single 600 person getting to know them. Now I didn't do this all at once. This was like a three week project. I kind of chunked it down. Um, but ultimately I got to know those people. And then I also either invited them to get on a phone call with me to talk about working together 
Or I said, you know what? I've got this freebie. What's your email? I'll send it right over. So there are ways to kind of backtrack if you didn't implement this right away. And it's really by starting those personal connections and shooting out some direct messages, which is not done. And it's actually highly, it was well received and really appreciated in my community. So yeah. Wisdom yeah. bomb. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Cause right now I'm about four, I'm at 1400 something and you know, I recently just started collecting email addresses, but yeah, that's, that's a really good way. And it's something I, you know, plan on doing soon, like just having like a, not a general freebie, but a freebie that will appeal to the majority of the group and kind of go from that. Um, yeah. I actually just started a new Facebook group that caters towards social media managers. Cause I, in addition to helping people with manage their social media, I also teach social media managers. So I kind of wanted to split up the two and mm. that's been really interesting, you know, growing that group because right now, you know, I got 15 or so members from my current group that like either are social media managers are interested in becoming one. So it's going to be interesting to kind of separate the two. And I'm excited to grow this group because my first group grew to a thousand pretty quickly like yours did. And now it's, it's only at, you know, 1400, but it's, it's been slower since I hit a thousand, but I feel like the members are more quality now than they were before. So growing this new group is going to be really fun for me since it's way more specific. So like only social media managers should join or people who want to be one. So I think that'll kind of help split because before I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, what should, like, not everyone's going to be interested in social media management stuff. So I don't want to post about it too much, but I also want to share stuff because I do have products and services related to becoming a social media manager. So I feel like this is like a happy medium way to split, like people who actually want to hear about that versus people who just want to hear about, you know, Pinterest tips or Instagram tips. Yeah. So I love what you're bringing up here. And that is quality over quantity. I know like you do get some perks in hitting the thousand person mark because the algorithm will suggest you to more people. Yeah. Um, but like the keyword optimization we talked about in the title and asking these questions like really can allow you to home grow a group of your ideal followers. You know, you said, oh, I don't care if people give me their email, I'll still let them in. Like I am much more selective now and who I let into the group because um, I want to grow a community of like-minded people. Not that this is a cult, but like I'm talking to a specific type of people and I don't want to waste your time or my time. <laughs> and so letting, you know, especially when you're just starting your Facebook group, like really focusing on the quality and the community that you're building and know that numbers will follow and stressing less about how many and how many you have as opposed to like how involved and amazing your members are. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, you know, I think with the social media manager one, I will be more selective since that is like going to probably be a smaller community in general, since it's more um, specialized and not just for bloggers and business owners who want to learn more about social media. It's people who are actually like doing that and pursuing that as a career. And, you know, I think that'll be, you know, a smaller group, but they'll be more engaged even with my big Facebook group, I actually offered, like, I released a social media manager toolkit recently, and I offered them to beta test it, and I had so much interest. I had, like, 20 people, like, I really want in, and I actually ended up letting all those 20 people in because, you know, they're in my group, and I just wanted them to be able to learn from me um, at a bit of a reduced price point, and, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from that, and I think that's what helped me really sell to my email list and the other people that didn't 
get in on that offer. So, you know, I think it's really good to find those people that really resonate with you, whether it's, you know, you cater to one or two different audiences and just, you know, allow them to be your little, not test, test rats, but, you know, allow them to test your stuff and, you know, be the people who are your go-to for feedback on certain products and services you plan on implementing. I love that. Yeah. And that involvement brings more engagement <laughs> and yes. to your community. That's yeah, such a good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any other tips for kind of making your Facebook group kind of flourish and grow more? Yes, I have another, uh, well, two, I kind of, I have two more, sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. So the first one I kind of touched on and saying that I went and sent personal messages, but I still do this. And it's because I love my Facebook group. I know that as people kind of grow their business, they stop doing this, Yeah. but I don't. I still, every new member, I shoot them a personal message. And sometimes they don't respond. Sometimes they say like, oh, I'm just looking for more, you know, people in my podcast, or sometimes they're looking for a business coach and I can talk to them about working with me or I can connect them with a podcast host that I know. And I just love giving that value and making those connections. And so I would encourage others to consider because, um, it is, it is still unique <laughs> to make those personal connections with your group members in direct message. I love that. I mean, that's not something I do, um, but I would like to start implementing that because right now I'm kind of working on my Facebook strategy for both of my groups because I really want to get on a schedule and start, you know, just live streaming on a weekly basis and having set topics. Right now I just hop on whenever I feel like it and mm -hmm. that is so random and it doesn't yield the best results because hmm. I'm coming on or you know they might pop on if they're online but kind of having that scheduled out I think would help a lot for me so you know I'm in the yeah. and getting that all together and getting like a solid strategy because right now it's just like okay cool I had this thought let me post it and you know I hope people like it or see it you know so yeah and that is such a great transition to my last tip and this tip is kind of a big one um but that is to have a consistent strategy in your Facebook group. Because, for example, I have a client right now who has so much inspiration, sounds like you, Jenny, that like she hops on all the time. <laughs> She's always posting her idea. She's got these great photos. Like she is super active in her group, yet her members can't quite catch on. They can't digest all of it. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing with all of the information. And so what we're working on with her and what I encourage everyone to do is to have weekly plans, weekly themes. So you can't assume that every single group member is watching every single thing that you say or post. Yeah. So we need to give them some, you know, cookie crumbs to the point. <laughs> so each week, I would encourage you to think like, what topic do I want to talk about? It could be as broad as money mindset, but just stay to that point again so that people can get with you and see what it is you're trying to do. And of course, it's easier to have a call to action at the end of a themed week versus yeah. like a random live or a random post like we've talked about. And also, it allows you as the leader to stay consistent. Okay. If you set a theme, that's what you're talking about. You don't have to sit around waiting for inspiration to strike or, you know, pulling at thin air for the post. Set a theme. Within that week, I highly encourage you to um, have a live, like you just mentioned, you know, 
holding yourself accountable to go live at least one in your Facebook, one time a week in your Facebook group mm-hmm. and slash or interview someone in your Facebook group. Interviews are a really great way to expand your platform. So let's, you know, like this podcast is a similar example. Like Jenny is going to tell her whole group about me and I'm going to tell my whole group about Jenny. So we really just like doubled (laughs) our reach just by talking together instead of talking alone. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's really a really great way to reach a new audience because, you know, you're only one person. So being able to expand with someone else that you feel like aligns with you really helps get new eyes on your stuff. And it just kind of helps both people be able to grow their audiences with each other. So I really love that. And I think guest experts are great because, you know, you don't know everything. So bringing someone that knows something about a topic that you're not very knowledgeable on really helps you because you're able to give your audience better content and things that you don't know about, but it also helps, um, the group because they're getting to know, you know, different things too. And they're getting to know a new person. So, you know, it kind of takes pressure off of you too, because I feel like sometimes when you have those guest experts, um, it just, it really relieves like, you know, if you didn't have a live stream planned or something that week for yourself, then you can bring in that guest expert and help, you know, still get, knowledge out there, still get your name out there, but not have to produce all this content. So totally. Yep. Yeah. And then just a sort of side note, if you aren't feeling like, okay, I have all these ideas, I'm going to map out the next four weeks with themes, a great way to um, get inspiration that's going to be most helpful and successful for you and your members is to create polls. Polls perform well when it comes to engagement and people seeing them. So what I'll often do if I'm feeling curious or lackluster, I'll post, you know, hey, what topic do you guys want to hear about next week? I'll give like three ideas and allow that other option so that people can let me know if they want to hear about how to get speaking gigs or how to monetize their expertise, whatever. So that's just another way to kind of keep yourself on that consistent weekly theme trajectory. I love using polls. It's so fun. And I feel like that gets the most engagement for some mm-hmm. reason. Like, I mean, I do daily threads and stuff like that. So those obviously get a decent amount of engagement. But other than daily threads, I feel like anytime I post a poll, it's like, whoa, you don't yeah. hate in pretty much anything, but you, but you like to push yes or no or like vote <laughs> on some options. So it's really interesting. I feel like those get a lot of engagement. So if you're not currently utilizing polls in your Facebook group, if you have one, definitely try out because you will probably find that you do get the most engagement from those because people do like to get their opinion. Like they yeah. like just voting, like being able to vote helps. Like obviously when you post something, people can comment, but I think it's so much easier for people to just click a button and like mm-hmm. their options versus typing out, Hey, this is what I want to see. So, yeah. And it's a rich engagement for you. It's not just another GIF or emoji. It's like data that you can use and save. Exactly. Like the other day I asked people like, what income goal do you want to meet by the end of the year for monthly income? And I kind of just put a range of options and it's, it kind of helped me see like, all right, these people are beginners. Okay. We have some intermediate folks in here and then we have some people who are ready to take their business high level. So mm-hmm. you kind of see the mix of people that are in my group. Cause for the most part, I thought it was mostly beginners, but you know, some of the salary, um, you know, people that people selected 
was not a beginner. So it's interesting to kind of see the mix of people in your group. So you can do something as simple as that. Totally. Yeah, that's a great point. And you kind of already answered this, um, but live streaming, uh, it's obviously probably a part of your current strategy. Um, but how often do you kind of recommend going in and live streaming? I know you kind of said once a week at the very least, but how often do you do it? Yeah, I, so fun fact, I am currently a digital nomad and I'm traveling through Central America, which is lovely. The Wi-Fi connection is not so lovely. (laughs) Um, So my aim is always to get a video into my group once a week. Okay. I'm not not perfect and I don't think you need to be, um, but I know that um, like, for instance, my group just kind of anticipates that, but you can train your group however it fits into your life if it's every day or once a month <laughs> I think once a week is really manageable um I have done challenges where I was live every day and that was great because you know the engagement was high and but that's so not sustainable for me doing five days a week of lives agreed <laughs> and plus I just feel like I would run out on topics but yeah like when I do challenges and stuff I do five days of lives and that really helps use that yes. and then I like offer prizes and stuff like that to people who participate in every single day So it really helps boost the engagement. One thing I did a couple of weeks ago that I got from another group that was really, really helpful because my group kind of like didn't die, but the engagement did kind of fizzle out a little bit. So I implemented something called a mixer week and I just asked different prompts for every day and I would have them post on their own thread and use a specific hashtag for that day so I could track. And then I did um prizes to the top five people so that the person who got number one got one of my products for free which is like a 27 dollar product the number two person got um you know a another little smaller product from me and then the three four and five got um starbucks gift cards so five dollars so it was just really nice to build engagement and honestly I think that really helped me because now my engagement is good again and you know so if you're feeling your engagement is kind of down try doing like a little mixery I did things like I asked people like um to introduce themselves again and then I had like what is your why like why are you in business why are you doing this that was another day and then you know I had another I don't remember what Wednesdays was I think Thursday was like um they could promote Oh, no, I don't know. Thursday was a promotion. But Friday, I let them promote something that was free or paid as long as they participate in every other day of the challenge. Mm. Um, so it was kind of a good way to build the group and, you know, get everyone excited about it again. And a lot of people really, like, were really engaged. I had at least 20 people participate in every single day. Some did, like, one day or another day. Um, but, yeah, 20 people who were like doing every single day and it didn't take long for them to do it's just like a quick paragraph every day but it was just really great and I got to know more about my group members as well and like got to see who the most engaged were and a lot of the people who participated weren't people who were already engaged so now they're seeing my group daily because they participated in all five days of that challenge so now I'm seeing people who were not engaged previously that are engaged now because of the challenge so Outstanding. I think that's such a good point to be creative and keep it fresh. But with that sort of like experimental mindset, I think that you like, okay, I'm going to like 
I saw this in another group. Let me try it. And not having that attachment of like, okay, they're not engaging. I must push harder or I must post more. But that experimental mindset is so key in Facebook groups. So I love that idea. Yeah, it was, it was really beneficial. And like, you know, if I ever see that happening again, then I will probably do something similar with different prompts, but it was just a really good way to get people excited again. And now my group, I mean, it's not the most engaged group I've ever seen, obviously, but it's like, it's definitely picked back up again and people are excited and they're like, Oh, I really like this group and stuff like that. So it's really nice to have that. Um, after I felt like, oh, am I to a point where I just need to shut it down because people just aren't active and I'm putting all this time and effort. And now I feel completely different. So kind of just revamping hmm. really helps. Nice. So let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes onto the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Yeah, being an entrepreneur is choosing my discomfort zone. I mentioned being in that cubicle got very uncomfortable, but not the kind of like growth edge. And so having the choices in my life to constantly be, yes, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, but in a way that I know I'm becoming a better person and I'm actually like helping others in the way that I want to, not just handing out the major checklist, um, but like getting real about what is your best life and how can we get there. And then my favorite part about being an entrepreneur is of course, seeing people realize those dreams, make their dream life, their real life. Um, And so that means that not only my clients, but also my loved ones. I've, um, I have a partner who was a middle school history teacher, uh, but doesn't need to go back to the classroom. So we are whatever you want to think about financially free, (laughs) but we aren't working desk jobs. And like I mentioned, we're traveling the world. And I love seeing people I love lean into the choices that they've only been dreaming of. I love that. That's really great. Yeah. I feel like for me and for most entrepreneurs, just being able to help people is really our main goal. It's not money and it's not like, you know, traveling is great, obviously, but it's really just being able to help people and, you know, being able to travel and, you know, get some money in addition to that is just a bonus. In mm-hmm. my right. Yeah. And I love the, the quote, the more people you help get what they want, the more you'll get what you want. So absolutely, the more you focus on helping others, the more your life will expand and the more choices you'll get. I love that. Yeah, I just, I love feeling fulfilled. And, you know, that's, I feel so much more fulfilled now than I do, than I did at my day job. So mm-hmm. all that our entrepreneurs can kind of resonate with that. Um, so what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? This can be pretty much anything, but just something you just could not live without. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, and it might, maybe it's a cop out, maybe not. Um, but like mindfulness, <laughs> is that okay to talk about yeah, that being a tool? Yeah. So just having the tools of meditation, yoga, unplugging, and just like rest is so critical. And I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without a lot of those practices. Yeah, no, that's a new one. I mean, people usually say like, you know, a, a actual tool, but no, that's great. And I think that kind of just helps you. It sets you apart because, you know, even though these digital tools are great, it's just like you have that tool already. 
built in, you know, you don't need to pay for it. So that's really, really cool. And I love that answer. It's always with you and no one can like uh, shut it down or change the name or <laughs> update the rules. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. That. So algorithms. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? So someone that you just look up to or you're like constantly consuming their content or anything of that sort. Yeah. So I, I definitely have amazing business coaches that I work with. I'm always, you know, adding people to my team, but I got to tell you my silver Fox, my magic bullet is Jack Canfield. Have you heard of him? I haven't. Okay. So he wrote the success principles, which I always have with me. I've read it dozens of times. I attribute it to changing so much in my life, attracting my partner, like so many things. So uh, Jack Canfield and specifically his book, Success Principles, all the time, anytime, check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. I've been reading a lot more like, you know, businessy slash um, not self-help, but you know what I mean? Like those types of books. So, um, yeah, I'll have to look into it right now. I'm actually reading profit first. I don't mm. know if you've heard of that. Um, but it's by some guy named Mike. I cannot pronounce his last name. It's, <laughs> it's very, um, random, but it's really good. And it kind of helped me get on a better, you know, way of kind of taking my profits first. And I know that sounds really sad. Yeah. But it just, I don't know, it's just kind of put everything into a new perspective for me. And then where can they find you? Great. So I've talked about my Facebook group a lot today, and it is Dream Life is Real Life. You can find it by searching that in um, Facebook. And then I also have a gift I would love for um, your audience to check out. And it's a quick training about the daily habits that I've implemented in my life and business to have those $10,000 days without the, you know, laying awake at night, wondering where my next dollar is going to come from, which I suffered from at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. So, um, yeah, if folks go to dreamlifeisreallife.com slash Jenny, they can uh, grab that. Awesome. I'll link everything in the show notes so that you guys can go and check that out. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 57. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.